All right, well, it's Tuesday, and we're back for this week's Table Talk, our weekly conversation on the passage from uh, this past Sunday's sermon. And this week, we are we're so privileged. What a great honor to have Campbell McLean join us at the table. <laughs> it's great to have you, Campbell. You. Campbell, you're a sophomore at West Forsyth. Yes, sir. You are a part of the youth group here at River Oaks. Yes, sir. Uh, and, I, well, with roof, with the youth group, I'm sure you've been involved maybe with some uh, trips, youth oh, yeah. trips. Yes, sir. Your favorite one so far? I think my favorite one would be um, the ski trip about two years ago. That was, a, that was a great one. You're a good skier? Well, not really, but it Doesn't was Doesn't matter, fun. does it? Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Fantastic. I also should mention that uh, I had the chance, uh, the, uh, I guess earlier in the week, to listen to Campbell's Rambles. Yes, sir. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It's You've great. got a podcast. Mm-hmm. What, what prompted you to that? How did you start that? Um, so I've always felt like a calling to go and like um, talk about Jesus, and it's like just to everybody and anybody, but um, yeah. it was hard to like find places where I could just go and do it. And so yeah. I figured um, everybody's always on their phones or some sort of device nowadays, yeah. and um, they're always listening to something. And so I was like, well, I don't know a better way to do it than just to be um, talking about Jesus and uploading it online and yeah. letting anybody listen to it whenever they want to. It is so well done. Thank Very you. nice. Thank Campbell's you. Rambles. Yes, sir. You can find it where you get all your podcasts out there. And uh, it's very professional. It sounds just like you're using these mics or something. <laughs> it's just my phone. Just using your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tech guys, let's check that budget back there. All right. Well, again, thanks for joining of us, course, Campbell. Anytime. And uh, Pastor Andrew. Glad to be here. Yeah. Welcome back to the table. Uh, thank you for the teaching on Sunday. Yeah, uh, really appreciate it. And that's really the heart of our conversation. We are in uh, part three of our certainty study, unit seven, Luke 14, verses 25 through 35. And really, uh, we're talking about the cost of discipleship mm-hmm. and salt life. Yeah. And so <laughs> we, let's go ahead and get started. Campbell, would you mind reading those first few verses? We're going to be looking at verses 25 through 27 okay. in Luke 14. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, his wife, and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Wow. So this is one of those passages, sort of an elephant in the room Mm -hmm. uh, sort of thought here. Uh, What do we make of, unless you hate, hate? Your father and mother, son and daughter, yourself, that you you cannot be my disciple. Let me ask you, what do you think when you first hear that, Campbell? When I first hear that, it kind of like, it makes me think like, wow, like that's not what Jesus has said before in the Bible. And I'm like, he always tells us to love others. And so it's like, when I read that, it's like, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great, that's Mm -hmm. a great place to start. Look at the full counsel of scripture, Mm -hmm. right? Just consider it. Andrew, how do how do we then sort of make sense of it? If it seems, is it contradictory? You know, yeah. Jesus's words. Or? Uh, no, I don't think Jesus contradicts himself. No, uh, no he I, th- I think he's pretty consistent. So there has to be a reason. There has to be I, something. Yes, to this. and there are other places in the Old Testament where he will say, you know, it talks about um, um, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Okay. Um, so okay. it turns out it's a Semitic idiom. It's used elsewhere to talk about um, even Jacob's relationship with uh, Rachel and Leah. And, and so yeah. there's more of a comparative force going on here. A comparative force. What does that mean? I, I'm, 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 if I'm still trying to figure out, well, that still doesn't change the fact that he said, hate your mother. What do you mean comparative? 
I mean, yeah, this is not like a wiggle room to say, hey, I'm sorry, the mother-in-law can't come over. I'm supposed to hate all my family members. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I, I think there's, at the end of the day, there can only be, like, you're going to have to choose, right, in a relationship. Okay, okay. Um, I think I, I might even have a conversation I was having with you yeah. where um, Jesus is, is talking about money. Yeah. And uh, he says, it's where he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. And it's almost like you're going to have to choose between God and mammon, is what he's saying there. And it's not that we have to necessarily hate money. Right. Money is useful. It's going to do yeah. things for us. But we can't love money more than we love God. And so I think what Jesus is saying here, another way we could say it, um, is that we can't love our family members more than we love him. Okay. Um, and in fact, Matthew softens this. If you look at the parallel yeah. version of this in Matthew's gospel, it's the wording is slightly different. I think he talks more about um, unless you, you love one more or less, more than the other, it's almost like a lesser love is the definition of hate there. Does that make sense, St. Campbell? Does mm-hmm. that? Absolutely. Does that, um, can you imagine sort of if this was your, your one passage to read to maybe a high school assembly? Um, <laughs> that's a hard saying, right? But um, explaining it that way, what does that look like from an application standpoint, you think? So the way I would explain it if I were to like give a little presentation <laughs> yeah. would be like, I, whenever I read this, um, I thought about Romans, um, like one, how it says how we're supposed to worship the creator and not the creation. Oh, and so I was thinking like all these things, like how you said money, like it's not a bad thing. Family is not a bad thing. But when we put it before God is when it becomes a bad thing, when it becomes an idol. And if we're going to have um, things over God, then that's just not, that's not how God, um, that's, he's not worthy of that. He's, yeah. he's, he's made to um, be above all and be um, the worthy one. And we're supposed to drop everything in this world for him. Yeah, no, that's a great word, Campbell. It's, you know, and, and it, it gets back to also like where you were headed with that too. I think in Matthew 6 is you can't love two masters. Right. In other words, there can't be two ultimate authorities mm-hmm. in your life because you're yeah. going to either love one or hate the other, or hate one, love the other. And uh, it really just speaks to our priority of love. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes I was talking about this with the group is that we spend attention, our attention looking at the, well, if I don't love relationships that much, that means a le- how, how, you know, I, I want to give them my yeah. all instead of saying, no, 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 the greater love is so much greater than we can mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. And and I would, you know, I would uh, not want my wife, my daughter, my parents to love me more than they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? That would that should be the encouragement I have for those who love me. And in that, they can still love me plenty, mm-hmm. but they they can still love Jesus yeah. more. Yeah, and that's really what we're getting at here. I think. I, I think we will we'll be better husbands if we love Jesus more yeah. than we love our wives because then when you know you listen to his teaching it's gonna cause you to love your life a lot more and it's the priority and then he concludes that by by sort of saying of ourself as well right Mm -hmm. if we don't die to ourself if we don't you know carry our own cross bear our own cross um uh, if we don't love jesus more than we love ourselves, do you do you find do you see culturally otherwise uh that more people love themselves oh yeah or oh yeah (laughs) is that a loaded question yeah how, how do we overcome that, you think? Or how does that? Um, I mean, kind of like these verses says, like, take up your own cross. And then there's like also a verse in Galatians, it's either 2.20 or 22. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and it's saying like how we've been crucified with Jesus. And so like we, we need to like 
the root of all sin is selfishness and is our own pride and living for ourselves. Mm. But once we put that aside and realize, hey, this life is not my own, it's it's my Lord and my Savior's, that's when we start to realize I need to be living for Him and for what He wants me to do, not for what I want to do. Wow, fantastic. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so all of that is the cost of being a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus, being genuinely right. a follower of Jesus. Let's look at this. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Can I just say, yeah, for the person who might be wrestling with, wow, this is telling me to like yeah. to hate my yeah. mother, to hate my father, to hate my sibling, I would say that we not only pay attention to Jesus' teaching, but also just the example that he left us. Yeah. And so we see that there was one place early on, I can't recall the chapter right now, this, this occurred to me as we were talking, mm. but Jesus is teaching, and his mothers and his brothers come and they try and pull him away. And he's like, yeah. sorry, y'all. I'm I'm here to do the will of the Father. Yeah. Now, I'm not going with you right now. But yet we see Jesus still has concern for his mother when he's hanging on the cross. Yeah. It he he says to to John like, "Hey, this is now your mother," you know, and he tells her, "This is now your son." Yeah. It's as if he's saying, "John's going to take care of you. He's going to look he's going to look after you even though I'm not here." So he he's still loving his mother, but he didn't let that relationship with her come yeah. between um well, him doing the will of the Father. Yeah, and that just triggered again, sort of in what you said about being a better husband. It was like last week we talked about humility. And, you know, humility is sort of foundational to all the other attributes of Jesus for us to be compassionate and kind and loving and forgiveness. Um, but loving Jesus is actually the fuel or foundational to our loving others. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so. Okay, yeah. so the best thing that I've heard is that your vertical relationship affects your horizontal relationship with others. Yeah. So the closer you are to God and the more you look at His example, or Jesus' example, yeah. um, the better your relationships are going to be with the people on earth. And yeah. that's including all these um, family members that yeah. they listed in here. Good word. That's good a good word. insight. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at an illustration that Jesus then gives of, of maybe someone who doesn't count that cost and still says, I want to follow you. Andrew, would you read those next few verses, 28 through 30, please? Sure. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I love this illustration. It's one of my favorite in all of all of Scripture. Does anything come to mind, Campbell, when you think of something started but not finished? Have you ever seen anything like that? Or well, I'm talking about from like a school perspective. Yeah. Like um, there'll be a lot of times where I have to turn an assignment in, and like I'll be about to turn it in, and it's like I have half of it done and the half of it not done, and it's like, yeah. well, I'm supposed to be turning it in right now, and I don't have half of it done. I didn't finish it, and it's just like. You're, you're not in a good situation. Yeah, you know? yeah, so. yeah. You, you could get uh, certainly mocked for that, right? right you you right. get a lot of red ink for that mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, right? So, sure. uh, Well, w- one of the reasons it's, I, I don't know if Andrew, if, if you've seen this that I've shared before, but this used to be one of the devotionals. If anyone ever said, hey, do you got five minutes to give a devotional? I went straight here because I had a personal application. Mm-hmm. We had uh, trans. Uh, relocated to Henderson, Kentucky. And long story short, one of the directional sort of markers to get to our house uh, was to go past the field where there was a foundation and a couple of block walls, windows were in them, but then trees and weeds were like growing up through the foundation. And so every time I told someone, hey, Campbell, you know, we're having the, the youth group out at our house, you just go to that 
foundation that looks like it was going to be something and it never was. And everyone in town would say, Oh yeah, we know that. Mm -hmm. Have you heard the story on that? (laughs) And, and uh, it came together one day when my daughter four at the time we were going in and out and she looked over and she just started calling it the pretend house. She said, dad, it wants to be a house, but it's just pretending to be one. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, you know, it does have no roof. And, and so we always refer to the pretend house and it just struck me is that's what Jesus is saying here Mm -hmm. is, um, otherwise, if we don't count those costs, if we're not willing to prioritize our greater love, then we are a pretend disciple. Yeah. We are a pretend follower. Uh, there is not a great sincerity in that. And uh, we're, we're then uh, put out there for, you know, mocking and mm-hmm. uh, being made fun of. I, you know, I, unfortunately, we should never do this, but we probably know people who were on fire, came back from a mountaintop experience, a camp, or, mm-hmm. and, um, Three weeks later, uh, maybe it didn't set, and people look and go, oh, he's back to his old self. Right. I told you it wouldn't last. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what Jesus is putting together here. Yeah, they made like an emotional decision. It was like, yeah. you know, everybody yeah. was crying, yeah. and the, the band yeah. was playing some great music, and the lights were down, yeah. and it just, you know, it was more emotions, I think, than an actual counting the cost. Yeah. yeah. Saying, I want to be his follower. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you, do you struggle with that? Do, do you find that in, in youth group, it's tough oh, to struggle with emotion and feelings of... For sure. Going, um, like going on trips and stuff, I see it in like myself, and I see it in a lot of people. Like I'll, I'll be like, oh, like I'm so on fire for Jesus, and I, and I am on fire for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But okay. it's like... I think it, and I'm like, I'm going to spend three hours in my Bible every day. Like every, every time I have a spare free time, I'm going to listen to, um, yeah. like a sermon. And then it's just like, it kind of dies down as you go yeah. through, you know, mm-hmm. but I see that so much, um, throughout the youth group uh, yeah. and just any, anything. It's like the sure. emotional, yeah. emotional things. And when I was reading this, I kind of felt like kind of how you were talking about that pretend house. Yeah. It's, that's actually destructive. There yeah. could be a, brand new house that could be there yes. it's beautiful yeah. but when you're being a pretend disciple a pretend christian it could potentially um like take away somebody else's experience from absolutely being a christian. it's a witness a testimony right. but um yeah so you know we're human uh, we're gonna have our ups and downs but i think mm-hmm. jesus is saying the desire of our heart needs to be hey understand what it means to follow me right. and then be all in yeah. right follow follow me be all in um let's look at the last passage then okay That's great. Uh, I'm going to look at verses 34 and 35, just those last two verses where we read, Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What do you hear (laughs) when you listen to that? Salt, right? Is this about flavoring, cooking, condiments? What are we talking about here? It's a hard word. Yeah. I mean, it, it's um, it's he's like, hey, it's not just neutral when salt loses its taste. It's it's of yeah. negative value. Yeah. He's saying it's of no use. It's like I, he's got to get creative to figure out how to dispose of it. He can't put it in the soil. Can't even put it in the manure pile where it might have added some value. It's like, what do you yeah. do with this stuff? That's right. Yeah. So that's why I say it's a hard word. It just um, it's pretty negative. Yeah. Jesus uses the imagery of salt at least three times in some of his teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, that imagery, does that resonate today, Campbell? Or is, it, or is it sort of one of those contextual things from the first century? I think anything in the Bible could is still like resonating today, you know? Oh, um, because like the 
the argument that the, that the Bible is outdated is not valid because it is alive and it is active. Mm-hmm. And so I for sure think it's something that could still, we could learn yeah. a lot from today. Yeah. And, and so a little bit of that historical insight is, is in the certainty guide this week for our small groups, page 157. And, and to me, it really was sort of the aha that when I understood the idea that uh, there was pure salt that was used for flavoring and uh, preserving foods. Mm-hmm. And then there was impure salt that was really from the Dead Sea that had impurities in it was really used for walkways mm-hmm. and for fertilizer. And so if you got this pure salt, usually from an Egyptian mine, uh, then it stayed pure. It's flavored for forever almost. But if someone tried to give you some of that Dead Sea salt and told you that was the good stuff, it wouldn't take long, and you'd be like, no, I, I know better than that. That's not any good. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that image, you know, Jesus is sort of going back to that cost of, of discipleship, is saying, look, if, if, um, if you're saying you're following, if you're genuine, if you're not genuine, you're, 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 you're quickly mm-hmm. going to be obviously oh, yeah. uh, telling that. It's going to be showing. And when that happens... It, it's useless. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your, your witness, your testimony is useless. Um, salt. Any, um, how do we stay salty? So, so what do we do? To- um, we talked about this in Arizona a lot on our missions trip, but um, we talked about like, um, like staying hydrated, basically, like um, keeping that uh, spiritual thirst going mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. to feed you have to feed your spiritual hunger and feed your spiritual thirst. But it goes along with this too. Like, um, we're gonna like we're not gonna stay salty if we just don't read the Bible and don't talk to Jesus. Yeah. Um, people have heard this so many times, but um, the key part of a relationship is communication. Yeah. So you have to keep communicating with God, and that's in prayer. Um, prayer is not a it's not a like option. Like God commands us to pray. Yeah. And yeah. Um, read the Bible, spend time with God, sing worship songs, just anything you can do to um, feed that spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst, and that's how you stay salty. Stay salty. <laughs> stay salty. Salt life, Andrew. How do we live it? I, I think the way that you would lose your saltiness is you, you think about just doing the opposite of what Jesus commands here of disciples. So I'll just take like the third one as an example, renouncing all that you have, which we didn't get to. Mm. If we just start living for our stuff, possessions, like, you know, how can I get a nicer car? Yeah. How can I update my wardrobe? How can I get... And, and that's kind of what's driving us, and that's what we're thinking. We're going to be nothing... There's nothing that's going to distinguish us yeah, from the world, yeah. from our neighbors, that's from right. other friends that don't know the... We're just, we're just going to be just like them. That's right. Yeah. And so it's... it's um, I think that's how you lose your saltiness. Yeah. So the way to stay salty is to do the opposite and do what Jesus commands. And that's when it's like, okay, this is a little bit different. Yeah, This person's not living like I'm living. Yeah. They seem to have a different set of priorities. Be different. Yeah. Be different. The message yeah. of Not Paul. weird, but be different. No, be different. <laughs> be different. Yes. All right. Final sprint. Uh, just to sort of your last comment on why you would encourage someone to read this passage. I would encourage somebody because... Um, I just think it's important to realize that uh, we can't have a foot in the world and a foot in Jesus. Mm. Um, yeah. I teach a small group of kids sometimes, and the thing I tell them is, have you ever been to Carowinds? Yeah. You yeah. know how you can step in North Carolina and South Carolina? Uh, yes. Like, we can't we can't be like that. We can't be yeah. in two states at once. We can't be living in the world and living in the spirit at once. We have to be, kind of like you said, all in. We have to be yeah. all in all the time. Um, and and that's your choice whether it's going to be in God or in the world. Wonderful. And so I think it's important to realize um, what what the cost comes with. But oh, it's God. also important to realize the like amazingness that is with it. You yeah. know, like we get to spend eternity yeah. with our Savior if we choose 
to live in the spirit. Good word. Good word. Thank you, Campbell. Andrew, final I'm, spread? I'm, I, I got to go with what she said. Go with I what can't she improve said. upon that. That yeah. was so good, Campbell. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think my final sprint is just that, um, you know, if we, if we know that the view is worth the climb, this is the passage that better describes the climb. Right. <laughs> Still yeah. knowing that the view yeah, is worth it. Mm-hmm. And so like take, take, yeah. uh, take some time to look in there. Well, thanks again for joining us at the table. Of course. This has been awesome. Anytime. We might have to have you back again Absolutely. here sometime sure. soon. Campbell's Rambles. We want to go out there and listen to that. Andrew, thank you so much everybody else thanks for joining us and we look forward to joining you next week when we take a look at the lost and found department blessings friends